You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 39. Yep, we're back. Hope you've had a good week. This one over here has been uh, still a little rough, I gotta admit. We're still dialing in on this uh, new reality called dealing with atrial flutter and fibrillation, but we're getting to the bottom of it. I changed doctors yet again. As an administrator of medical clinics, I'm, I'm a terrible patient. I'm not the guy you want to have as your patient. So what did I do? I went to a friend. <laughs> yeah, I've known this cardiologist for about 30 years. And finally, I just – I knew I'd get straight answers. And uh, it's quite a drive for me to go to him. But I took off, went out there, and uh, he looked me right in the eye and knew what I had and what we needed to do about it. So we have a plan. Now we just have to put a couple of good days together, and then we'll be fine. So that's what we're working on here. Got a couple of housekeeping things for you, and then we're going to roll straight into an interview with my buddy Armin Asadi. And if you want to queue up his website, it's why I left Google. But the one thing I wanted to just mention to you is that Anu Shiasta, who we've interviewed in a couple of previous podcast episodes, is starting her angel program of angel therapy, angel hypnosis, getting to know your angels. I'm going to do it, and it starts in mid-January, so now is the time to get in touch with her. If you'd like to be in this course, I'm going to do it. We might as well do it together. Email her off of her website. It's anushiasta.com, A-N-U-S-H-I-A-S-T-A.com. It starts in about a month. Now, we're recording this on December the 8th. So if you'd like to participate in that class, let's jump on board, and I will see you there in January. I just wanted to mention that because it's timely. All right, whyileftgoogle.com. Do I have your attention? Let's meet Armin Asadi. Armand, it is great having you with us. Thanks for taking time to do this. Absolutely. I'm really excited to be here, Thomas. I have one question to get us started. When you signed on to GoDaddy or wherever you were searching for this and you were hoping that the URL, whyileftgoogle.com, was available and you saw that it was, what was your reaction? (laughs) (laughs) That's such a cool question. I've never been asked that. I remember when I thought of it. I was sitting in my living room with uh, two of my best friends and it was just after I'd left Google and I came up with that idea and they both kind of looked at me like I was a little insane <laughs> and then one got this glimmer in his eye like go check if it's available. Dude, and, you got to you know, do this. Kinda, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that moment or maybe just an hour or so later I got to my computer and checked and I was I, I had this really strong sense of certainty that I was going to get it which is odd. You know how these things just work sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I just had this really strong sense of, sense of certainty. And even before I got to the computer, I was already brainstorming the vision and the idea for it. And so there was no stopping me. I would have I spelled it wrong if I had to just to do it. But <laughs> yeah, I was jumping up and down for a few minutes there. It was awesome. Well, tell us your story. You've got our curiosity just by the URL itself. Yeah, well, first and foremost, Thomas, honestly, thank you for having me on here. And I'm a big, big fan of your podcast. And the way I came across it was really interesting, too. You know, I was just looking for interesting podcasts. And I saw somebody post a question, uh, one of my friends on Facebook, just asking what are the podcasts out there uh, that I should be listening to. And a few people suggested 
subconscious mind mastery and a lot of people liked it <laughs> so well, that's cool. it was one of the highest voted ones and i was like i got to get on this and i've loved it ever since that's cool email yeah. tim cook over at apple and tell him that would you <laughs> i will i will <laughs> so how did this all start um well i i spent some time at google in mountain view at the headquarters and uh originally i'd come from new york city and this for me was just an absolute dream job um it came out of nowhere someone approached me from google and honestly, at that moment, I thought, are they, you know, getting a hold of the right guy here? You know, me, Google, wow. And, uh, of course, the interview process took forever. But I eventually got it, and I learned a lot. And I was surrounded by some of the brightest minds. I mean, truly, working at Google was an incredible experience. But uh, as, our, uh, as our, I believe we both really appreciate this author, Stephen Pressfield, yes. author of... Uh, uh, Art of War, as he says in his, uh, I believe it's Turning Pro book, you know, this was for me a bit of a shadow career. Um, actually, really full on, just a shadow career. Here I am thinking that I'm doing everything I need to be doing to nurture and feed who I am. I was passionate about it. I had the, the ability to be creative and think of projects on the go and ability to, to serve people and work on something that I believed was changing the world. And at the same time, uh, you know, it was a bit of a shadow career because I was destined for much, much more than that. And that realization didn't occur until I started to, to really feel, uh, again, that for me personally, working for a company and being part of something that I was building somebody else's dreams was not my dream. And that just began to set in more and more and more as I worked there. And eventually I got to a, a huge crossroads in my life. And had to make a decision, you know, and I was a bit lost, you know, I was considering going to other companies, I was considering moving into different roles where I may be able to regain that passion, but I started to realize that it was only going to, to continue to be a cycle. And I'd been wanting to be an entrepreneur since I was 16 years old. And so finally making that leap, or as I say, the sidestep <laughs> into entrepreneurship and solopreneurship was uh, a beautiful thing. And uh, for me... Creating a site like YLF Google, I knew I was committed to it. You know, there was no testing the waters. Um, and one of the things I talk about a lot is burn the ships. You know, you got to go all in. Um, I don't believe in this Plan B type stuff. So it was awesome, and it's been an amazing experience so far. What was your role at Google? So I started on the Google Apps team. Um, I was working on Gmail. I was working on uh, email security, Postini, and basically working with businesses, government organizations, on the renewals efforts for Google Apps. A lot of people, as they say, have you gone Google? So companies switching from you know, Outlook to a Google Apps-based business. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I moved into, I had an opportunity to, to lead a really cool project over on the commerce division. So Google Offers and Google Wallet did not really have a national presence on the offers side of things. And so that was a really cool project that I got to lead and, and be a part of. And uh, we built out a sales team from that. And I was basically kind of like a, a bit of a project manager there for that. So what was it at Google that was not scratching your itch, not satisfying what you wanted? And then conversely, what was it about becoming an entrepreneur and going out on your own that would achieve that? Everything was temporary. You know, as soon as I was given a little bit of free reign, um, Everything was pulled back. You know, politics always come into place at a, at a large company and even at a small company. You know, I get a lot of friends that are constantly asking me these questions and trying to get advice on this stuff. You know, hey, Armand, I'm feeling great right now. I'm in this startup company and, 
you know, I, I, I'm wearing so many hats and it's awesome. It's as if I'm running my own company. And, you know, not to be cynical, but I always warn them. I just say, be, be careful and grow with that company. Don't have an expectation that that's going to be how it is forever. Um, and, and I think that's kind of what I was experiencing was, you know, I would get really excited about leading one thing and the next thing you know, it's, it's a giant company and someone comes in to lead another project or take over or scrap it. You know, things change so fast and, uh, it, it was just a matter of, I think I felt a little just stifled, you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but just completely, you know, locked down and my creativity started fading away. My passion for what I was doing started fading away. And that was like, whoa, that was a huge wake up call. Now, just to uh, set the context, how, like, what age are you? <laughs> I'm 27 right now. Okay. So you're in your late 20s. Yep. It sounds to me like there's an underlying um, motivation or drive or awareness that, you know, every day that you mark off the calendar, my friend Robert Smith wrote that book, 20,000 Days. And, and what that is is somewhere in your mid-50s, I forget exactly, it's 55, 57, something like that. You hit that you've been on earth 20,000 days. Mm-hmm. And it's the reality of how many more do you have left. So it's Definitely. like every day you mark off the calendar going to fulfill somebody else's agenda, wind me up, point me in the direction, and here I go marching off to – fulfill my orders for the day was, was not going to do it for you. No, and I know initially it sounds like, oh, here comes another uh, nonconformist millennial. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, this is something that's been intrinsic and a part of me forever and uh, something I knew I had to do. You know, there's a quote that says, if you don't build your dreams, someone will hire you to build theirs. <laughs> and, I mean, that's 100% true. Uh, you know, I was building Larry Page's dream. Oh, uh, boy. And it just, you would think, how could I not be satisfied? How could I not be excited about, you know, this world-class food and 23 different restaurant cafes and uh, sitting on a bouncy ball while I was working? And it sounds incredible. It truly is incredible, but it's not meant for everybody, and it definitely was not meant for me. So it's just a matter of, uh, you know, I had bigger visions and I was living this shadow career where, where I believed that I was fulfilling these visions for what I could bring to the world and what I wanted to create. But I was only using those skills to create other people's projects and other people's visions. And uh, I was scared. I was scared out of my mind to make a move like this. And that's a huge part of it for a lot of people. They see it as a giant risk. And uh, that's what I'm passionate about now is having made that move, having made that step, uh, I have a lot more clarity and being able to share that with people and being able to give them you know, the skills, the knowledge, the confidence to make a really good move and live their dreams. So what was the gravitational pull? What was the force in your heart that was drawing you away? I think uh, it was what you said earlier. If I wake up tomorrow and I have to live another day not fulfilling my destiny, my vision of what my life should be, then what am I doing? There's no reset, you know, there's no reset button. This yeah, is not a video game. yesterday back, right? Yeah, this is not a video game. That motivates me so much. Every single day, you know, I, I need to fit in as much as possible to feel, you know, fulfilled and, and fit in in the sense of 
fulfillment across a lot of different areas of life, not just being busy. You know, There's so many things I, I want to learn and want to accomplish, but it's also wanting to have a sense of peace and wanting to have a sense of pride in what I'm doing and knowing what I'm doing has a purpose. And uh, I think it's, it's everybody's dream. There's a Mark Twain quote that says, look, at it, I'm coming off like some kind of quote master. <laughs> well <laughs> read, my friend. That's there's good. A, <laughs> I believe it's a Mark Twain quote where he you know, says, the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Yeah, we'll Google that to find out if that's really. Please working. do. <laughs> <laughs> Google is still my best friend. That yes. I, I have heard that attributed. Yes, isn't it all of ours? But I've heard that attributed to to him as well. That uh, when you finally wake up and realize your purpose. Absolutely. Um, so it's just been an incredible journey, and it never ends. You know, you're constantly learning, you're constantly growing, but knowing that now my. You know, the path is much, much is much more aligned. It feels so fantastic. All right. Now, let's pick this apart just a little bit. Sure. Because I think everybody listening to this is still with us in this conversation. <laughs> and the question becomes, because everybody, especially everybody who would have found this podcast, like you were saying, has something else in their heart that's pulling them. The question is, how do you monetize it? You know, it's easy to go get a job someplace, and like you said, somebody else will monetize your life. You can get a paycheck. But when you step out into that area that has no – there's no floor out there. When you stepped out the chute, it's almost like jumping out of a plane. Mm -hmm. And how do you monetize your passion? Definitely. Yeah. I always say there's no ceiling either. And uh, that's, point. That, that's, you know, I, uh, I move forward and I live day to day with a, what I consider to be a really optimistic attitude. And I'm constantly visualizing what I want to accomplish. And this is the type of stuff I share with my uh, consulting clients. And what we talk about is how to monetize their passions, how to monetize their interests. And I think one of the main, main steps is, uh, you know, the way I did things, I knew I was never ever going to start until I just cut everything off, until I did not give myself any other option. That's just simply the type of personality I have, all in or all out. Okay, so the start your own business at night and on the weekends just wouldn't have worked for you? It would have worked for me, personally. Okay. All right. However, I think it would work for a lot of people, like yourself. Some people and could do that, that theoretically, but sure. for you, you had to be all in whatever you were doing. Yes. So I mean, the first, you, yeah, and you knew you weren't all in at Google. I yeah, absolutely. I mean, towards the end, especially when I started to feel that I was not all in, is when I started to have these thoughts and question. You know, is this the right time to make this move? So you've got these interests. You know, we all have these uh, things that we're passionate about, and that we feel this is our true. Yes, this is where we need to live, where we need to operate on a daily basis. And then the question becomes, yeah, how do I monetize something like this? I think the first step is simply mastery. You know, before anything else, you have to know that this is something you want to become a master of. Um, you know, you have to believe that that is a topic in an area that you can invest yourself in wholeheartedly. Because when you go to mastery, when you achieve that level of mastery, whether it's overnight or whether it's after 10,000 you know, hours, you can truly not only be an expert but monetize it in a way where there really is no ceiling. 
So that trajectory needs to be correct along the way. And I think other than that, it's really just a matter of taking that first step, taking that first step and getting a taste of that first dollar. Uh, you know, a lot of what I do is done online. So it was very important to make that first dollar online. And as one of my good friends and mentors told me, you know, it's all about speed to cash. And not in the sense of, oh, profits over everything, but in the sense that why should I sit there and optimize my website and make everything look so beautiful when all that really matters is making sure that I can get that first dollar and then optimize that first dollar and continue to build upon that. So those are kind of the most important things when you're first starting is, you know, making sure that that's something you truly do want to put yourself into and be a master of. And then secondly, just taking action, getting that first dollar. Did your background at Google help you um, be able to monetize and step into this world of online career and be more successful faster? I don't think it did directly, no. They're pretty different, you know. It was kind of like relearning a lot or learning a lot of things from the beginning, Um you know, what I did at Google was so specific. It's like what we do in our jobs, can we really take that to another, you know, company? Sometimes yes, but most of the time no. So I was starting a completely different type of company and my role went from, you know, maybe a little bit of sales and maybe a little bit of account management and project management and product management to CEO of all things. And that that is a whole different world where you're teaching yourself a lot of stuff, even just in terms of I think some people might assume the websites and getting online and AdWords and things like that, it really didn't help. <laughs> I wasn't really doing any of that stuff at Google, you know? Uh, so you didn't have – you had as, as much knowledge of it as anybody else who didn't have an inside track. I do think so, yeah. You know, a lot of people have read the four-hour work week and a lot of people have been to websites like yours that advocate that you can uh, create a virtual reality. And even your former employer – has kind of wreaked havoc on the whole system over about the last year because they change the algorithms all the time. And so a website might be up one day and can't be found the next day. How do you navigate within that dynamic? True content, real content that engages with people, that gets them excited, that makes them want to share, that makes them want to like. You know, this whole aspect of social is becoming much bigger than SEO, traditional SEO ever was. You know, it's really much more now about an aspect of creating content that may be relevant in the moment, maybe about a hot topic, and that's fine, and it'll rank really well. But creating content that, you know, can be thinking long-term that I want this to be a part of my site or my blog, or if I make a video on this, I do believe that this is something that has value to people, to an audience of people, and not to everybody. You know, that was a mistake I made very early on, was I was trying to speak to everybody. There, were, there was many mistakes I made, Thomas. I can't even begin to... <laughs> there was just so many little things that I looked at the wrong people to get advice. I looked at the wrong resources. And a lot of these resources, I, I hope that what distinguishes what I do and my site from everybody else's, I always allow and remember to keep in a layer of truth and honesty into what's going on. Most of these sites and most of these you know, books, they're very glamorous and they're outstanding and they serve as you know, these manifestos for this generation or this group of people. 
that is trying to become a lifestyle entrepreneur, for example. But the reality of it is that there are so many ups and downs. So I hope to always create content that is truth and honest and applicable and still contains the skills and the knowledge and gives you the confidence. Does that you know what I'm saying there? I do. And isn't that what the Google intention was from the beginning, was to be able to filter out the most valuable sites based on content? I do. Yeah, I think that was the intention from the beginning and always has been. And I think from the outside, people do say a lot of things about the way Google is ranking content and you know who, how are we ever going to know what to do or how to do it. So the answer really is that we kind of just have to let go and go with what do we want to do? What do we want to say to people? What do we want to create? And SEO, keep in mind, is just one way for our businesses to, to survive. The reason so many of those businesses tanked was because they were 95% reliant on SEO for their revenues. And not to say that that's wrong or that that's not possible anymore, but people are now diversifying their traffic, diversifying what they do, diversifying their brands to be able to reach more people. Podcasts, YouTube videos, a blog, uh, maybe in-person speaking in conferences, and continuing to grow their email list or their you know uh, presence online and offline in different ways. And so I think the real thing is that we can't really run one aspect or one channel of traffic for our, for our businesses. So that was the lesson, you know, that we all learned during that time. Let's go to part two with this series, Armand, if you don't mind. And in the next session, I want to talk about what happens when you don't make it over the top. I know a lot of people who have tried this and have not been successful with their online business. Let's talk about that. And then the parlay to that which often comes when you start out doing anything on your own. What, and you could be facing this where you are now, and that is stress in the workplace. Are you game for that? I am game, Thomas. All right. Before we wrap up here, give us your website again. It's kind of obvious. But also tell us the products <laughs> that you offer. How can people engage with you? Sure. Um, I have my main website at whyileftgoogle.com, just as it sounds, W-H-Y-I-L-E-F-T, google.com. On that site, you'll essentially find a lot of what I'm doing, but the main you know, takeaway from that site is to get, as a person that might be interested in solopreneurship or living this so-called freedom well, as I call it on the site, is to get those skills, get the knowledge, get the confidence to be able to design your own freedom lifestyle and to be able to create a slew of micro-businesses or create one company as a solopreneur and eventually, hopefully, a full entrepreneur with a company. And the idea is very different from the traditional you know, mindset of entrepreneurs. This is not about going and getting investors and building a, a massive company that you know, you're going to be having you know, 50 employees in an office. So the vision is very different, and there's a lot of content on the site that explains that. So I also have an email list on that site, and the email list basically is a newsletter that shares with people a lot of just what I'm working on and a lot everything on the site is based on my own experiences of different ventures and different courses and different things that I'm creating and my learnings along the way. So it's not a site where I'm just trying to motivate people to work <laughs> for themselves. Uh, everything I do is based on my projects. And one of my projects is Effortless Email, which is a course based on uh, Gmail, and it's a lot of what I've learned about being obsessed with email and Gmail through the years, 
just seeing so many people so overwhelmed with their inboxes and this really gives people an opportunity to go through the course to automate their accounts as much as possible to consolidate their email and spend a lot less time because one of the things you and I've talked about before offline is you know just this overwhelming digital world and that course really tries to tackle that and give people an inbox that is not just organized but uh, works for them rather than them trying to always chase their emails. Man, I am intrigued. How would we find that? That one is myeffortlessemail.com, M-Y, myeffortlessemail.com. All right, very good. Let's just roll right on here. We'll just go into part two, and thank you very much for the time on this one. We'll see you over on the next podcast. Thank you so much, Thomas. And we'll roll straight into podcast number 40, so we'll just see you there. I'm Thomas Miller. Whether you're working for yourself or somebody else, either way, enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.